Satan is strong. He is at work in the world. He is real. But I want to tell you this morning that God is far more powerful than Satan will ever be. Today I want to share with you my story of what happened to me recently in Papua New Guinea. And I hope as you listen to this story that you get courage from what God can do when he goes into battle with Satan in your life. God bless. Enjoy. Good morning and welcome to Warunga Seventh-day Adventist Church this morning. I know the Bible study and the topic we're going to look at is a very interesting one and I'm praying that you'll be drawn closer to Jesus as we participate together this morning in worship. Let's ask the Lord to be with us this morning. Lord Jesus, God of the heavens, we come before you and we ask, Lord, that you'll be with us in this church, that you'll bless us and that you'll draw us closer to you, Jesus, through what we look at and study. Thank you that you love us so much, and thank you for being here now, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. I've entitled this morning's subject, Jesus Saves. Perhaps that's the most important message the world needs to hear today, is that there is a Jesus, he is real, he does care, he does love, and he does save. Just recently I had the privilege of going to Papua New Guinea, And I want to share with you some experiences from that trip this morning. But as I open this topic, I would like to read to you a psalm, a psalm 138. And it's a psalm that was very, became very special to me while I was in New Guinea. Psalm 138, it's a short one, only eight verses long. It reads like this, I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple and will praise your name for your love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. Verse 3. When I called you, you answered me. You made me bold and stout-hearted. May the kings of the earth praise you, O Lord, when they hear the words of your mouth. May they sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. Though the Lord is on high... He looks down upon the lowly, but the proud he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you shall preserve my life. You stretch out your hands against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the work of your hands. That is a beautiful psalm. And when I was in New Guinea just a few weeks ago, that psalm became very, very special to me. And I I believe that as I unpack a few things that happened up there, you will see why this psalm became so special to me. As I looked at this psalm every morning, there were four things that constantly jumped out at me. Verse 3, God said he would make me his servant while I was in PNG. The Bible says he would make me bold and stout-hearted. And I needed, while I was up there, to be bold and stout-hearted and courageous. And I've got to tell you that it doesn't come naturally. This psalm also told me, verse 6, that God looks upon the lowly. 
He looks upon the humble. He cares for even the little people. That meant a lot to me while I was preaching his word in Papua New Guinea. Verse 7 says, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, God will preserve my life. And you will see this morning very powerfully that while I was up there, God did preserve my life. And finally, verse 8, the Bible says in this psalm, The Lord will fulfil his purpose for me. And I was privileged while I was in Papua New Guinea to see the Lord fulfil his purpose for me. Well, what was I doing in Papua New Guinea just a few weeks ago? I was asked by the local mission up there to go and run an evangelistic campaign in a totally unentered area in the western highlands of Papua New Guinea. In fact, this is an area that is steeped in paganism, in heathenism, in devil worship, in the occult. And so as I found this out and as this invitation came to me, I couldn't help, I couldn't resist but accept the invitation. And I found myself on the plane on the way to the Western Highlands Mission in Papua New Guinea for the Seventh Day Adventist Church. Well, when I arrived at the airport in, in, the, in the Highlands, I was in for a rude shock. I expected to go down the plane steps, out into the terminal and off to where I was staying. But as I arrived at the airport, I could see masses of people outside waiting for somebody. They had placards. They were singing. And I realised to my horror after a few moments that they were actually waiting for me. Well, I walked down those steps with great hesitancy. And there was cheering and it was one of the warmest welcomes I've ever had. In fact, do you know that they had a Scottish marching band there? And so I, somehow they'd got themselves onto the tarmac and I had to follow this Scottish marching band through the terminal with everybody cheering and waving and giving me the warmest welcome. They didn't even know me. They didn't know what I had prepared, but they are some of the warmest people you will ever meet. I was fortunate that I had my father with me. He's a, an evangelist, a pastor of many years' experience. And as this trip unfolded, it became very important to me that my father was there to support me, uh, really, I guess, to look after me a little. And you'll see why as this program unfolds this morning. We stayed in a small building while we were in Hagen, a very small building. It had two small bedrooms, a very small kitchen, uh, a dining room, very, very small shower that worked sometimes. The power was on and off most of the time that we were there, but we were very comfortable and very grateful to the Lord that he gave us safe, warm, comfortable environment to stay. The mission itself, the outreach program, was about 10 kilometres outside Mount Hagen. I remember the very first night we went to this program. The people, the local people, the local Seventh-day Adventists had prepared it for about a month for us and our arrival. They had built a stage. It was, we were preaching, I was preaching to an open-air field and they were expecting, I guess, some thousands to turn up. Well, on the first night, only 300 people were there. And I thought to myself, well, I've come a long way. We were expecting more, but that's fine. We will preach the gospel of Jesus to those who choose to turn up. And so we began to preach. You know, by the fourth night, there are over 5,000 people attending this program. They came out of the bush. They came from everywhere. And each night I would stand up on this stage and I would look out to a sea, to a mass of faces. People hungry, hungry for Jesus Christ. And they will turn up. They turn up in the thousands to hear the story of Jesus. 
as this program got going, an interesting little rumour filtered through to my ear. It was being said that the God of the Seventh-day Adventists does not answer prayer. Now, I don't believe that. In fact, I don't believe God answers prayer to any denomination. God answers prayer, praise the Lord, to people. And I heard this, and I must admit, it irritated me a little as this rumour was coming through that the God of the Seventh-day Adventist does not answer prayer. On the third night, a terrible rainstorm in the middle of the program hit the camp. And God said to me, he said to me as, as clearly as I'm standing here in the church this morning, he said, Lloyd, it's my time. Step forward. And I stepped forward in front of 5,000 people and I said, I have heard a rumour that has reached my ears that is saying God does not answer prayer. I said, it's raining, I'm going to ask God, this powerful God that I serve, to stop the rain so that you can listen to this important message in comfort. And so I bowed my head, I asked them to bow their heads. Remember, most of, the tr- most of the people listening to me were Highland warriors. They were not Christians, they were heathens serving another God to the God that I served. And I prayed and I said, great God of the heaven, you control the weather. And I'm asking you in the name of Jesus as a witness to your power and the reality of your existence. I'm asking you, Lord, in the name of Jesus to stop the rain. I've got to tell you, I didn't feel like I had the faith of Elijah. I was very worried about what I was doing here, but I had, I guess, you know, Luke 17 verse 6 says, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, that's a tiny little seed, then God will do great things. Now, I'm not sure I even had the faith of a mustard seed. But I prayed, I stepped out in faith with the little faith I had and I'm pleading as I'm praying in my mind. You know, you can be talking to somebody as well as praying to God. I was talking to these people, I was praying to God on their behalf, but there was also another prayer happening in my mind. I'm pleading to God, please Lord, answer this prayer. Glorify your name, honour your name to these people. Do you know that as I prayed that prayer, I'd no sooner said in the name of Jesus, Amen, and finished that prayer, and it was like someone upstairs turned the tap off, and it stopped raining, and you could hear going through the audience that night a ripple as it went through like a wave of people's voices, as some of them for the first time in their lives recognised the power of God. A couple of nights later, it started raining again. Oh, I was confident in the Lord by now. And so I said, you know, the Lord stopped the rain the other night. He can stop the rain tonight. Oh, the people were confident. They were expectant. And I asked them to bow their heads. I did this with a humble heart still. There was still some reservation inside of me. I'm not used to to asking God to work in such a powerful way. I asked him again in the name of Jesus to stop the rain. You know what happened? It rained harder. I said, Lord, what am I to do? I didn't know what to do. I'd prayed. It seemed he wasn't answering my prayer. He said, step out into the rain and preach. And so I stepped out into the rain with my microphone. Praise the Lord, it was a cordless. It wasn't connected to power. And I said, if you can stand in the rain and listen to me, tell you about Jesus, then I will stand in the rain with you to tell you about the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I think that had more of an impact on those people that night than the miracle of the previous night when the Lord stopped the rain. You know, right from the beginning of this program, Satan was upset. 
The devil was opposed to what we were doing and he was actively trying to stop the program. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, and I think we as a people would do well to take note of what the Bible has to say on this subject. It says in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You see, Satan was upset that we were in his territory, winning through the grace of Christ, souls for him. Very upset. And he was opposing everything we would do. And he is not a being, he is not a person that you can get your, throat or get your hands around his throat and fight him. He is very, very powerful. And he will resist any move by anybody towards God and he will do what he has to do to stop you, to stop the people in Papua New Guinea finding God, finding Christ, finding Jesus, finding salvation. But Jesus, Jesus saves. And I was up there on a mission... And I had the power of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit was with me. And I want to tell you that he that is for us, that is Jesus Christ, is greater than he that is against us. Although Satan would try to stop this mission, although he would try to stop this program, he could not, he would not, he never did win. On the Tuesday, about five nights after the program had started, I had finished preaching. I had come back to our tiny little place where we were staying I had prepared for bed and I went to bed that night I slept with very very troubled dreams all night I had these troubled dreams it was a restless sleep I was tossing I was turning about 4 a.m. in the morning in the middle of these terrible dreams that were plaguing me as I tried to sleep God spoke to me and he spoke to me in an audible, easy to hear, very clear voice. I have only ever had God speak to me three times in such a manner. Clear. I knew it was God. I was asleep, but God came into my sleep and he spoke directly to me and he said, Lloyd, there is a very, very powerful demon in the room. Instantly I was awake as I sprung out of sleep to immediate consciousness. I felt these hands around my throat, invisible hands, choking off my air supply and gasping for breath. I realised what had happened. A demon, and I'm from Australia. These things have never happened to me. I have not had to oppose the devil in such a way in Australia. But I was in Papua New Guinea, a place where demons are very real, where demons do plague people, where they are harassed by them, where sometimes they are killed in Papua New Guinea by them. And this demon had me round the throat. It had pinched off my air tube and I could not breathe. And immediately... I cried out because the Lord had told me there was a demon in the room. I cried out to Jesus Christ. I cried out in my mind because I could not cry out with my voice. My, my air pipe had been blocked off. I cried out, Jesus, Jesus, save me. And immediately it was like my angel reached over and ripped that demon away from me and threw him across the room. But as he was ripped away from me, he let out this guttural, animalistic roar. 
I was horrified. I had never experienced anything like this in my life. I'm gasping for breath as air started to flow back down into my lungs. And lying on my bed in the middle of the night with my heart hammering, I'm praying to God, Jesus, stay here. Do not let that demon get a hold of me. I am horrified. I am terrified. I have never opposed, experienced such terror. And for half an hour, I battled against this demon who did not leave the room. I could feel, I could sense his presence was real. And finally, I woke my father up, who is a spiritual giant, and I told him what had happened. We got on our knees on our knees and we prayed and peace came into my heart into my room I was able to get about another hour's sleep that evening you can imagine my trepidation the following night coming back to that little place where we were sleeping each evening I wanted to sleep in the same room as my father I felt safe in there I knew he was a spiritual giant. I knew that he had what it takes to combat this evil spirit that was plaguing me, but I also knew that if I was to go to my father's room, I might as well run the white flag of surrender up. And so very grudgingly I went back into my own room. I had a prayer like I think I've never had in my life. I gave my heart, my life again to Jesus, and I promised him, I said, Lord, though you slay me, I will stay here and preach. And I went to sleep that night expecting the worst and yet knowing I did have a powerful God who is more powerful than these demons and is more than capable of looking after me. Again, four o'clock, same time. I don't know why the same time. This demon comes back again for the third time in my life. God said, he is here, he is here, he is here. That's all he said. I knew exactly what was on. This time... The demon did not grab me round the throat, but he smothered me with his hands and I could not breathe and I could feel myself drifting off into unconsciousness. And I remember I prayed to the Lord and I cried out again in my mind, you cannot cry out with your voice when you are being smothered to death. And I cried out, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Six times I could feel myself drifting into unconsciousness. And Jesus again gave the word to my powerful angel. And again that demon was ripped off at me, off me. And I want to tell you something though that was different than the first night. That night as the demon was ripped off me and I again began to breathe, I felt a peace like I have never felt in my 43 years of life. I felt safety and security and I know what happened. Jesus came down and put his arms around me and he said, Lloyd, even though you are under attack, I am here. You are safe. And you know, I went immediately back to sleep and I slept the rest of that night like a newborn baby in its mother's arms. Safe. Safe. In the arms of Jesus. Jesus saves. He's over there in Papua New Guinea with me, using me to share the story of his love and how he saves with these people. All the while, he's with me, making sure that I'm okay and saving me. In fact, where Jesus is, he can't help it. He saves, he saves, he saves. 
You know, Satan did not stop his attacks there. Praise God that was the last physical attack that demon was allowed to bring upon me while I was in New Guinea. But he continued his attacks. You know that he sent a whirlwind, a tornado, through the place where we were running the evangelistic program. It was only about 400 metres wide and the wind went straight through where we were. It did not go to the right, it did not go to the left, it just went straight through like a tornado right through where we were. Ripped a big tent that they had set up for the people. Ripped both ends of it, caused very bad damage. But you know something? nobody was hurt again Jesus was in control there's a battle going on but Jesus saves toward the end of that program a little girl she was only three years old her name was Bester she was kidnapped we think or she fell in the river we didn't know all the parents were so distressed their little three year old daughter had disappeared and it impacted me deeply because I'm the father of a four year old girl And my heart reached out for them and I had tears in my eyes. What do you say to parents whose child has disappeared, fallen in the river behind the camp or been kidnapped? We didn't know what. And you know, there's only one thing we could do. And that was pray. And pray in the name of Jesus that he would bring this little girl back. Do you know that by the time I left PNG, that girl was still missing. I came back here to Australia. In this church last Sabbath, we knelt down. We prayed for this little girl. You know, just a few days ago I got a message from PNG that little Bester, that was her name, she had been kidnapped. But somehow the police had found her and brought her back to her parents and I want to tell you in PNG, that sort of conclusion to that sort of incident is almost unheard of. But Jesus saves. He was in control of the program we were running. And although Satan attacked us, although he buffeted us, Jesus was in control and Jesus saves and Jesus always wins. In conclusion, I want to leave you with this. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. You know, at the conclusion of that program, 248 people who did not know Jesus gave their lives totally to him. They surrendered to the king and they said, God, Jesus, we will follow you. The same God that is at work in Papua New Guinea is at work here in Australia on hearts and lives. Satan attacks us in different ways in this country. He doesn't always come to us as a demon as he does in Papua New Guinea, but he tempts us, he leads us down dark roads, he gets us to fall. I want to tell you this morning that Jesus saves. There is a way out. And it is as simple as getting on your knees and saying, Jesus, come into my heart. Save me. He will hear you. He will come. And he will save. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for your protection. Thank you, God, for your mighty power. Thank you, God, that you sent Jesus who saves. Touch the hearts of those who are listening here in this church today and on television. And if they are caught on a dark road, being plagued by Satan, fallen deep into temptation, help them to realise, God, that you are just a prayer away and that if they cry on you, you will hear, you will come and you will save. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing our prayer. Thank you for saving us in your name. Amen. Jesus is so powerful.
I hope you were able to see that today as I recounted to you experiences, recent experiences that happened to me in PNG. If you're being dragged down a dark road by Satan, there is hope. Ask Jesus into your life. He will come. He will save you. He promises. God bless you. I wish you Jesus. I adore you.